Did you see this story out of British Columbia where a tribunal ordered an accountant to pay her former employer more than $2,600 after this tracking software showed that she was engaging in time theft while she was working from home? This came from the Civil Resolution Tribunal, and it shows the woman made a claim of $5,000 to cover unpaid wages and severance pay arguing that she had been fired without cause. Her employer, though, then submitted a counterclaim and said, yeah, well, you weren't working when you said you were working. There was a 50-hour discrepancy between her timesheets and the activity recorded by tracking software on her work computer. Ooh, very interesting. They say that through this software, through the data that it picked up, that she claimed she was working for those 50 hours and it appeared that she wasn't working. So in the end, they found that the dismissal was proportionate and she had to pay back this money. Time theft. This is becoming more and more of a tense issue, especially with some people now settling into hybrid work agreements or maybe from permanent uh, full-time positions at home where you're supposed to be on the clock. But how much of that are you actually working? And are you doing personal errands during the day? Are you unloading the dishwasher, going for a 45-minute nap? going for a walk? Are you doing what you're paid to be doing? It's a very interesting topic. Nadia Zaman joins us right now, an employment lawyer with Rudner Law in Markham. Thanks for coming on, Nadia. Thanks for having me. I find this to be so fascinating because I've said this on the show before. I'm not very rigid in terms of my own belief of when you're working and when you're not working. To me, the proof is in the pudding. So if you accomplish your work, you know, for me, I kind of have an a, a unusual job. It's not like an office job, but we book our show, we book our guests, we come on, we do four hours of radio every day. It's very clear that we're working when we're working. But if somebody's working from home, it, it doesn't bother me if they go to the gym in the day or they go for a half an hour walk. As long as they're getting their work done, how do you define time theft? That's a great Question. So time theft essentially occurs when an employee is paid for work they have not actually done or for time that they were not actually at work. And really the reason why we are seeing this become an issue that people are so concerned about is, one, because of the, the case that you talked about that everyone's reading and wondering, oh, my God, what happens if I take a nap? Is my employer now going to fire me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other hand, uh, w- with respect to the remote work environment where a lot of employers are concerned whether or not their employees are properly working from home when they when they say they are. The thing is, though, the lines are a little bit more blurry now because of COVID-19 and work from home. They certainly are. And look, it's not always going to be an issue of time theft. It really comes down to the context, like most things in employment law. So the examples you gave, for example, if, you know, someone's running an errand, even if they're taking a 45-minute nap from home, as long as they're getting their work done, in most cases, it's probably going to be okay, and it's probably not going to constitute time theft. Where the issue arises, though, is in situations where an employee has an element, there's an element of an intent to defraud the employer. And if it 
if it's in the nature of your role to really be on call at the time that you're actually not on call and you're not actually at your desk or available over a phone, maybe you go to the, you're, you're at the gym or maybe you're running a personal errand or going to an appointment, but you're skipping meetings that are scheduled or you're actually supposed to be on call. So in situations where let's say an employee is paid by the hour and they're expected to work nine to five, maybe they have a half hour break in between or a one hour break in between, the general understanding is that you are expected to be working during that time because you're getting mm-hmm. paid for the time that you're working. But for a lot of other employees, let's say you're a salaried employee and it's not really dependent on you being by the phone every single minute that you're working or, you know, absent you taking a lunch break or using the washroom, that's going to be treated as differently. Right. How commonplace is it in your line of work as an employment lawyer that you see people coming in and they say, my employer installed this software on my computer to track me? So that is becoming more and more of a live issue, especially because of the recent legislative requirement in Ontario where employers, certain employers have to let employees know if they are being electronically monitored. And so a lot of employers are required to have this electronic monitoring policy in place whereby they have to let employees know and suddenly employees are coming to realize that they are being monitored and they're getting worried. And in a lot of cases, monitoring software is not really going to show an employer whether or not an employee is engaging in time theft, especially Mm. in situations where what really matters is what the output is, not necessarily Mm -hmm. the time spent on the work itself. Mm -hmm. But where it can come in handy is in situations where you're paying the employee by the hour and the expectation is that they are going to be using their computer to do the work. They're not really having, let's say, phone calls or in-person meetings or using paper. Um, And so in those cases, electronic monitoring software is not going to be able to accurately capture whether or not the employee is truly working. Yeah. And I mean, just because somebody is there and they're moving their mouse around and you can see that they've got the little green check mark or the green light next to their name that they're active doesn't mean they're being productive. It's the same as somebody showing up early to work and leaving late, but they're dilly dallying and they're at the water cooler and they're taking long lunches or they're on Amazon shopping. Just because you're at your desk and you're on your computer and you're logged on doesn't mean that you're doing the work well. For sure. And you could be on a walk and have the most productive call that's work-related. Precisely. It doesn't really mean that just because you're at your desk, you're being super productive. It's like, you know, if you have a Fitbit and you're wearing it, but you're in bed and you're swinging your hand (laughs) as fast as you can, and you're hoping that, you know, that's going to track Nadia, do you have a camera? Are you monitoring me? Are you tracking me in my house? This sounds like what I do at the end of the day to close that final ring. See, see, I I have been very prepared. (laughs) I did my research. I tracked you before speaking with you. Yeah, yeah. But that's a great example. I like that comparison. Because there's 
there is that mouse jiggler that's making the rounds now, right? It is. All these new articles about that. And I I forget the name for it. There's this uh, fun name Mm -hmm. uh, for it. But there's these TikTok videos as well of, you know, hacks showing, okay, you know what? Your employer is monitoring you. Why don't you just use this mouse jiggler thing? That's going to make your employer think you are being productive and working when you're maybe just sitting at your desk and scrolling your phone. Mm. And apparently, um, mouse jigglers or movers, I don't know what the fun name is for it, but they move the mouse so that it looks like you're there. It simulates mouse activity on a computer screen by moving the cursor. Apparently, they're hard to detect. Ah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So, they're, they're like, I mean, you could try to, it, it, apparently, unless you're using um, a work computer, which they could put additional software on to try and look for it. These dock style mouse jigglers are pretty good. They're they're hard to catch somebody using one, which is why people are getting away with it. Yeah, and and you know, at the end of the day, what employers and employees both need to realize is that just because we have this case that's you know making the rounds in the news doesn't mean that another case where an, an employee was found found to have or alleged to have engaged in time theft that a decision maker is going to find time theft in in that scenario. Most of it, you know, comes down to the context. What's the nature of the employee's role? What did they say Mm -hmm. they did that they actually didn't do? So did they actually say that they were working when they were not working? Or are they admitting that, yes, I was actually away from my desk, but Mm -hmm. really it doesn't matter because I still got my work done. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, where is the allegation really coming from? What does the evidence show? Because at the end of the day, cases are decided based upon the evidence. So in this case, for example, there was a lot of evidence available. But in in a lot of cases, you know, the, the evidence might not even be there. And in these types of cases where just cause for dismissal is alleged, A lot of the times what's not really highlighted is that just cause has a very, very high threshold to meet. So in the employment law world, just cause for dismissal is seen as the capital punishment. So it is the last resort. It is not something that you're starting out with. So in a lot of these cases, even where time theft is alleged, it might be that discipline is warranted, but summary dismissal isn't because that is reserved for the most egregious circumstances. And it is going to depend on a contextual approach and a variety of factors like the employee's length of service, past disciplinary history, any relevant policies, and the employee's response when confronted. That's one of the most important um, aspects often of just, just cause for dismissal cases because trust and honesty those are the cornerstones of any employment relationship and arguably even more so in situations where an employee is working from home. So when you're, when you're looking at that, you know, if an employee admits that might be treated differently at law than mm-hmm. if they are lying to their employer when confronted and the investigation or the evidence shows that they did actually fraudulent fraudulently submit timesheets, for example, but they are 
not admitting it at all. Yeah. And the employer can then say that, that there's a breakdown in the employment relationship as a result of the dishonesty. But I think what's interesting to me about this is it used to be the legacy thinking, and some employers are still married to it. But the idea is you clock in at a certain time, you clock out. Within those hours, Nadia, you are at your desk. You are doing your work. That is your job. You're on company time. You're in your cubicle at your desk in person. But more and more that is shifting, right? And we're in a world where now there is a little bit more flexibility. And I know a lot of people who work in pockets. They start work early in the morning. Then maybe they take a break. They go to the gym. And then they work late in the evening after they've picked their kids up from school. Some people will work 8 p.m. and beyond. And as long as the work is getting done, as long as the clients and the coworkers are not feeling an added burden, then it's all good. And, and, and we're shifting our understanding of what work can look like. But what's very clear to me is that these monitoring softwares can lead to an erosion of trust as you were getting at. One person just texted in and said, I really take offense to this. I, for one, am at my desk at 6.30 in the morning, and many a times I'm pushing away from my desk at 5 p.m., and I sit at my desk while I eat lunch. Just because there is one bad apple does not mean the entire bushel are rotten. I think people don't appreciate it. They don't like the idea that their company feels like they need to play big brother, and they're thinking, really, you don't trust me that much? That certainly is an issue. And and look, if an employer really wants to make sure that employees are working in a certain way and, you know, they can have different categories of employees and have different policies for these employees. But if you want to make sure that employees are following certain protocols, it's always good practice to have policies relating to that because otherwise it's going to be really hard to show why that is justifiable. And if you want to say that, you know, work-related, um, anything that's not work-related, you can do that outside of work hours. Um, but if it's, if it's, you know, during your work hours, this is the general expectation. So for certain employees, that might make sense, but not for everybody. For, for most people, who are working and who are working remotely, the idea is that there is some level of flexibility. Obviously, it depends on the nature of mm. the job. If an employee is a call center representative, for example, and they're working from home, and the expectation is that they are going to be by the phone and they're going to have to answer the phone and, you know, take notes into yeah. a software. Yeah, and if they're not doing that, they're not doing their job. Yeah, then, yeah. then that's going to be different. But for most employees, that's not going to be the case. And so you want to have that. You want to have those policies in place if you want to enforce certain rules within the workplace. But there obviously has to be a balance. A lot of employees are not going to like that. And employers have to be prepared to deal with turnover issues if they're taking too hard, too hard of a line. And in, in today's age, a lot of employees are going to simply move on, find find an employer that has more flexible yeah. work environment. Thanks so much for the time, yeah. Nadia. Really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Nadia Zaman, who's an employment lawyer with Redner Law, located in Markham, Ontario, 426. Here's Matt Scooby with a look at your weekend weather forecast.